If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Tara Sutphin is the author of Blame It on Your Past Lives and Soul Agreements, three audio CD series, metaphysical meditations, sourcing series, and sleep programming. Tara has also collaborated with Emmy Award-winning Shane Stanley and Marla Maples on numerous DVDs. Tara Sutphin is a master in the psychic sciences. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams, visit her website at tarasutphin.com. Hello, everybody. This is Tara Sutton, and you have uh, tuned in to uh, Transformations with Tara. And today my guest is Master Ra, and he is an Egyptian astrologer, and he uh, is a graduate of Princeton and Columbia University, and he internationally teaches and is the author of an ancient Egyptian-African spirituality um, series, and um, he's practiced astrology for 15 years. So welcome, Master Ross. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So your name, though, is very long, and I wanted you to say it for us. Yes. Um, it's Master Ross. Oh, yeah. I knew it was going to be really pretty. Yes. <laughs> Compared yes. to me. <laughs> what a mouthful oh. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What does it mean? Yes, it's the name I received in Africa when I was initiated in Africa. Um, I went to the rainforest of Nigeria to become a high priest, what's called a Babalao. And that's part of the Yoruba religious system. And a Babalao is a high priest. And when you go into initiation, you receive a name, which is part of your destiny, which marks your task for that initiation. So the name reveals the model of my life. So Ra is the word for life force in Egyptian. Simaba means um, unite with the divine spark. And Ifagbemi means wisdom prospers me. So basically it says that my life's purpose is to teach people how to move energy with their divine spark to find wisdom as their guide. So our names in Africa are always, like the American names, where they remind you of your purpose on Earth. Right. Right. So my whole work has been teaching people how to work with energy, how to work with psychic powers, how to work with oracles and divination tools to find your way home. And for us, home is always the divine spark. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I have a lot of Nigerian clients, actually. Um, mm-hmm. they do have a really beautiful spirituality there yeah. and really believe in, in yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, I, I teach and promote. So it's very Absolutely. interesting that, yeah, it's been a country that's kind of come in for private sessions. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so 
How long did you have to take this course that you back there? Was it like years, or did you just go back and forth, or? No, it's several years. I was trained with a man named um, Chief Afolabe Pega, mm-hmm. who um, whose father's father he goes back to the 1400s, being a high priest in Nigeria. Wow! And you go there, you get initiated for several weeks. It's a very intense experience. A lot of rituals and ceremonies, and the old men come and they chant over you and they do sacrifices to initiate you. Mm-hmm. And the word initiation means just that. It's a beginning. You are now initiated into the secrets of the gods. So now it's upon that person to continue the training. In fact, when I was in Africa, Baba Pega told me that uh, initiation is like going to college, getting into a college. Getting accepted is one thing, but finishing is something else. So once you're opened to that training, you've got to now develop it and practice and apply it. And that's a lifetime study. Right. Oh, isn't it, though? Yeah. Yeah, always. It's always, I always don't feel like I know enough, and yet I, you know, it's, it's great to be the teacher um, and still be a continuing student. But uh, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Always something new. Yeah. Yeah, so how did you get into this, um, Egyptian? Uh, what well, what dro- drew you, do you think? Yes. When I was um, in... The first recollection I have is when I was a child, my mother was involved in the Science of Mind Church, and the minister had called our house and she was ill. And I heard mother say that, you know, the minister was ill, and I asked him to speak to her. And I began speaking to her, and I began just talking that she's healed, she's feeling better, you're not ill, and she got better. And so she told my mother she thought that her son might be you know, a minister or someone called to the cloth. Went there, didn't quite fit for me. I went to college, got some tarot cards, read my first reading on the lawns of Columbia to a young girl, and I read about her father. And when she heard me speak, she began crying, and it shocked me. Because I didn't know what I was doing, I was just reading cards. And she goes, well, that's true, and my father and I have a very strange relationship, and it was very painful for her. That's when I realized for the first time that I have some, perhaps a gift or some ability, and I also learned you must be very responsible with how you speak to people about these things. Oh, so after that, I know to get training, and I found some priests in New York, I found some elders in New York, and eventually I met Chief Pega in Brooklyn, and I said, I'm going to be your student one day. He goes, we'll see. And one thing led to the other, and I got to Africa, and uh, I guess the rest is, I guess, history. Yeah. But it started very young for me. I've always had a sense of another world, and I didn't feel I was part of this world. It was a very odd feeling growing up. Mm-hmm. But so you were... Led... I'm sorry. Your mother just enhanced you as far as knew that you had this spiritual gift, and so she just, she didn't know where it was going or what it was about, but she knew that. Right. And in fact, my grandmother told me my mother, when she was a little girl, was at church, and um, the minister was up there preaching fire and brimstone, and my mother, maybe like eight or nine years old, got up and spoke, and she began to say the minister was cheating on his wife. And my grandmother was stunned and shocked. And it came to pass that it was found he was cheating. But my mother was so shamed for having spoken this vision that she shut her power off. 
Oh, and I think yeah. she transferred it to me in the womb. So I got my mom's power. You have your mom's power. She hit it, and you found it. <laughs> yes, exactly. She gave it to me as a gift. My like, thanks, mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and she, but she turned it off. I mean, can you imagine a nine-year-old saying something yeah. so innocent, really, and for yeah. her, and yet, yeah. you know, destroying lives? Yeah, that could be horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Horrifying. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, we're free. you have a thank you, I mean, too, I'm sure, we're talking to. Right, especially uh, depends on the town you lived in, if it was yeah, small and all the good stuff, you know. Exactly. Small southern town. Yeah, it was a small southern town. Have you mm-hmm. always lived in the South? No, I was born actually up north. I was the first of the Yankee born. My mom had six kids, and I was the first of the northern children. Mm-hmm. And um, I moved down to Atlanta in 96. That was the first time I really came into the South. Okay. So you came back to the South. Yes. She uh-huh. was raised in the South, and and so you came back to the South? Uh, yeah, I was raised actually in New York, New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. And um, when, in 96, I had a hernia operation, and during the recovery process, I had a vision of living in Atlanta. I had never been there before, didn't know a soul in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I called my teacher in Africa. I said, I just had a dream coming out of an operation, and the dream said, you've got to move. He said, I'll call you back. So he divined my question, and he called me back and said, the God said, you must move to Atlanta, and found a temple. I did, didn't know a soul down here. A friend who had a friend down here took me in for a couple of months until I got my own house. And I, it just bloomed. Astounding. Wow. Beautiful. Almost no work at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you were on the, you're on the path. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And God for my teachers. Atlanta is a beautiful town when it isn't snowing. Oh, yeah. I love Atlanta. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. It's green, yet city. Like that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was there to see a John of God a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, yeah, it was fun, really fun. But um, so um, now, how do you, how does your Egyptian astrology work? I know okay. it's sidereal, isn't it? Do you, do you yeah, use only sidereal, or do you use Western with sidereal? Um, we How'd use preeminently sidereal. Um, the first thing about Egyptian astrology is, I guess, maybe two things. One is that it's African. Oftentimes, people associate Egypt with the Middle East. But Egypt yeah, is I African. don't know why people do that. They really do. Yeah, it's very odd. I think museums kind of incite that by putting, you know, the Egyptian art with the Middle Eastern art and that kind of thing. But it's yeah, an African nation. You know, yeah, it's African an African people. nation, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's on the continent of Africa. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and their language is very tend to African tongues, and their cosmologies and practices are very African. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other part is that what's not known, the very little-known secret of Egyptian astrology, the closest group in modern-day Africa to the Egyptians are the Dogon. The Dogon people of Mali themselves say they came from Egypt, and they migrated westward into the um, uh, hills of Mali, and in that system, the astrologers are very powerful. They're very advanced in terms of their astronomical knowledge. And the thing about those priests is they're all what's called gatekeepers. Gatekeepers are what we call gay people today. And they're the only African nation I know of at this time that honored their gay people and 
I'm gay, and I fell into this tradition of being an astrologer and the keeper of the gate. So the whole idea of astrology in Egypt was, these are his gates, called the stars, and the West called the gate chakras, or states of consciousness. And the role of a gatekeeper was to maintain the bond between all dualities. So heaven had the gates of the sky, and the earth had gates, I guess we can call them like feng shui type gates. And so astrology is about stitching or weaving energy threads between stars and the city, stars and the people. So this means you have to look at the sky very carefully, what we call visual astrology, which is more akin to sidereal. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Giza Plateau of uh, the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx, this, the pyramid is oriented towards north, true north, and the Sphinx to true east. And this is for them to be able to really look at the sky astronomically. So we have a sidereal visual astrology. Actually, where is the planet in the sky from your side of line of sight? We also use a tropical system, but that was a very secret system because the tropical system is not based upon stars. It's based upon the tropics, which is the equator relationship and the sun's declination from that point, how far a planet or star is from the equator. That's a seasonal system. So tropical means turning of the season. It's an Earth-Sun relationship, whereas sidereal is an Earth-Star relationship. So we use the sidereal more for personality analysis. We use the tropical more for mythical purposes, how to manifest things. In fact, we call the tropical system the wishing cycle with the soul system equinoxes. They're points and energy, energy gates, where you can wish things to happen, and nature supports you. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, for example, we just passed the winter solstice in December. And in most African nations, the winter solstice is the beginning of the year. And in Egyptian astrology, that is a window of time and energy where what you project, we see, uh, how do I say, we see the winter as the feminine, the great mother. Mm-hmm. And at the winter solstice, we say her womb is ready for fertilization. So we would pray very hard, very strong to fertilize our spirit with the spirit of nature. And if you, ma- if you think of a manifestation in the winter solstice, it will happen. It will happen naturally. We've doing this for 15 years. Okay. People get cars and homes and they get healed when they intend at the right time of the calendar. Okay. So we use different systems for different needs, but we use, of course, the whole sky, not just the planet. Most Western astrology is what I would call planetology, really. 
it doesn't really deal with, for example, you couldn't have in a chart your moon being in Orion. When in fact, if you go outside and look at the sky, the moon can actually hit Orion's club. It can actually touch it. So there's no language in the Western system for explaining a person whose moon is in Orion. Right. Because it's not based upon visual astrology. So we're trying to open the sky back up to the full view of the heavens. That's right. the main Beautiful. difference. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. what the, um, the goal is, you know, to help people to not only enjoy astrology, but to go outside and look. Open yeah, your heart to, to the sky. Astronomy. Yeah. Well, that's, I know, the, the sidereal. You say it a little bit different than I do, but yes, I sometimes, I'm sure that you're yeah. saying it right. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it's really fun to look at yes. um, where, you know, because uh, uh, I know that Western astrology, like if, if you're born in Sagittarius, say you're, you have all the Scorpio stars within your, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just really interesting how mm-hmm. if you start to like take it back into a sidereal, it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And really see it. Because I use Eastern astrology as well in my my work. Yes. Yeah, I love all that came out of, um, actually, out of uh, Asia and mm-hmm. and the Middle East that came. Uh, and then they, a lot of it went to um, Egypt, I know, as well. And then they had that Alexandria library where everything yes. was burned. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, ah, I think of all yeah. the great works there that I would love to be looking at. They were at. burned, I know. It kills me, too. <laughs> It kills me. Lost kills to humanity. Me. Yeah, yeah, Horrible. kills me. Yeah, that they 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 robbed so much of it, and now we don't have it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Alexander yeah. the Great robbed it. Exactly. Yeah. Took it. Took and it to one spot, and that one spot didn't make it. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess you know, uh, in Tibet, they have all those uh, really beautiful works as well, and they're now uh, turning into dust. I mean, yeah. you can't open anything and it doesn't turn into dust, which is just so sad it just in itself as well. Yes, it's a real shame. Yeah. And really that's shame. the important part, I think, of having mentioned the African side of this, of, of astrology, because Africa is very rich in ritual and ceremony and the magic of the sky, that the sky was a goddess. In fact, Egypt is the only place I know where the sky is a woman and the earth was a male. The sky was called Nut, which is sky woman, and the earth was a god named Geb, who was a male, very aggressive male. And the reason I feel they call the woman a sky was because the sky really is the source of all life. All that we have on earth, all the chemicals and compounds and elements were born in the furnace of stars. Mm-hmm. So that is the mother. She really is the creatrix of it all. And the Earth is but, I guess, the concretization of the cosmic forces from the stars. And the male, the Earth, to make a living on Earth was a lot of work. You had to dig, you had to mine, you had to till. It took a lot of sweat, which was more of a male experience to the Egyptian. Hmm. So when you open to the sky, to the mother, it's emotional. The sky should be emotional for you and an experience in your heart of intellectual event, and so I feel when we open to the rituals of the Sky Mother, she touches us the way a woman does, the way a goddess can. So when we do Sky Ritual, 
we work a lot with ancestors in Egyptian astrology because we all are on the shoulders of our ancestors. We come from a root, and we're the next bloom of that tree. So when we do ritual to the ancestors, the books that were burned come back. The answers that wrote those books, they Well, the answers are always there. That's right. The answers are always there. But it's and we just, have to be... Yeah. Be able to go we and have get to be a little more innovative, it. right? Exactly. It's an innovative thing. And yeah. that's what we need. And Psychics and people who can go back into the, the energy of astrology, not just the information, to tune into the star's spirit and let it speak and, and inspire you, not just reading a chart. Well, it is yeah. with your spirit. I mean, you know, everybody has their spirit due to the that's stars, right. I believe, and the, the energies right. that we, uh, all that mathematics that come with uh, uh, our astrology. I mean, it, it, it defines, defines what you want to create in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just feel many astrologers, we've lost that part of it, the feminine. It's become so, to me, left-brain, masculine, analytical, which is important. But we've lost the emotional bond with the sky. We don't go out and look at it. We do people's charts and don't say go outside in January and look for the star and wish upon that. We've lost all that feminine power. And I think that's really why our science has suffered a lot, you know, derided and folded. But I think once the women come back and they begin to remind us that this is a heartfelt experience, not just a mental thing, that astrology will become much more popular again in the, in the mass. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping. Well, <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't, I, I think that, you know, just the people that you touch, you know, I think that that's the wonderful thing. You know, I don't think yeah. that everybody needs to believe in astrology. Everybody needs to have their chart done. You know, people just do what they do. But I yeah. really, I just, you know, love anything to do with metaphysics and astrology yeah. and, you know, yeah. any higher knowledge. But but I don't necessarily think that it's for everyone. Um, because I, I think that we can get kind of carried away with, with a certain things where we dream and we don't really put our feet on the ground. But uh, unless you do, like the Sidreal and, and like, like you're saying, is not just to um, have your chart done, but actually start living it. I mean, That's you know, right. go out and wish upon your stars. Um, right. You know, bring down that energy to activate your life. I mean, that's basically what, you know, I Absolutely. get from your, your work. It's fun. That's really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Egyptians often spoke, as well as the Dogon, they, the Dogon call it Sotaniye, the Egyptians call it um, Jeseru, which means myth. Mm-hmm. But myths to them were living stories where each person or each thing in nature had its own myth. And your job was to live that myth with your slight twist on it. So the myth of astrology was uh, shown in the picture of Newt, the sky mother, whose, whose brother was Geb, the earth god, and they had a third brother named Shu, the god of the sky, of the uh, air. Always Newt came with her brother Geb. They were always together. Geb is the earth. Newt is the sky. So they were teaching through a myth. If you know astrology, bring it to earth. If you're going to study the sky, you must not forget her brother, Geb, who is the application of that sky knowledge in your daily life. 
And the god Shu, who was the atmosphere, he was kind of like Atlas. He was holding up the sky in the Egyptian symbol. He was your breathing. He was the god of air. And this mythic tableau was indicating to astrologers that the star's movements affect your breathing. If you have a hot star, you tend to breathe faster. If you have a cool star, you breathe slower. And how the breath moves, the heart moves. And how the heart moves, so does your behavior. So the beautiful way of saying the gestalt, really, the whole holistic view, astrology links to your earthly life, they must work in tandem, and you must control your breathing, what we call yoga. But it's all been broken up over the millennia into different systems. Yoga is over here, um, astrology is over there, and they're not unified. But I think Egypt is going to bring that back, that kind of blending of all the forces and sources into one system. Again, I hope. That's my intent. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So we should take a commercial, and I want to tell everyone that I am talking to Master Ra, and your website is EgyptianAstrologyNow.com? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's Egyptian, E-G-Y-P-T-I-A-N, Astrology, A-S-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y, now, N-O-W, dot com. Yes. And, yeah, we'll take our commercial. Yes, you can come in and... Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations... Visit her website at terrasutphin.com. Did you know that you can rate this show on iTunes? The show you're listening to right now. It's true. You can leave your thoughts about the show, the topic, the guest. You can even leave a suggestion. Then, before you leave, rate the show. The hosts love hearing from you. So next time you download this show from iTunes, leave your thoughts and rate the show. For the host and for others. Listening live right now? Visit our chat room at contacttalkradio.com and join in on the online chat. Contact Talk Radio has strived to be well-connected. Everything from the Internet to your cell phone and now Twitter. Yes, you too can find Contact Talk Radio on Twitter. Go to twitter.com backslash CTR network and get connected to what matters to you. You know, there are many things in the world that cannot happen without people believing in other people. Product, service, vision, passion, and more. And that holds true with the sponsors of Contact Talk Radio. You hear us say, making contact with what matters to you. <laughs> That's not just a statement. It's what we believe. ContactTalkRadio.com has been broadcasting intriguing, lighthearted, informational shows around the world for many years, much of which would not happen without our sponsors. You too can benefit from our sponsors by checking them out on the website at www.ContactTalkRadio.com. Click on Sponsors. There you can browse the many companies who continue to flourish and pave the way for more businesses and give a helping hand to a growing economy. Contact Talk Radio applauds our sponsors for their support. You too can become a sponsor and add your support to the cause. 
To learn how, go to the website at www.contacttalkradio.com and click on Sponsor or email info at contacttalkradio.com. Hi, this is Neil Donald Walsh, author of Conversations with God, and you're listening to Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Become involved now by calling 877-230-3062. Hello, you are listening to Tara Sutton, and we, you were tuned in to Transformations with Tara. And my- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guest today is Master Ra, and he is a, an Egyptian astrologer. And he has a temple also in Atlanta, Georgia. And so uh, I wanted to ask you... Yeah, tell me about the temple that you have. Yes, we've had a temple for about 15 years, and Mm -hmm. what we do is we hold classes on initiation, hold classes on spirituality and astrology, and we also hold our ceremony. We have a full moon, what we call a great eye ceremony. The great eye of the moon opens, looks at us. And we hold ceremonies for the public every full moon as a chance for people to commune, to enjoy an emotional experience of the sky. And in Egyptian astrology, our we, how we see the planet is rather specific. In other words, we see each planet as the lord of a cycle. So, for example, the solar tropical cycle, we call the wishing cycle. It tells you the times of the year when wishing is most effective, when manifesting things. Yeah, the lunar cycle. Nice. I'm sorry. Yes, beautiful. Oh, thank you. And um, uh, the lunar cycle is called the virtue cycle, and that tells us when the community should join together as a family to honor the development of a certain virtue. So, for example, in sidereal astrology, this last full moon was in the sign of the twins of Gemini. And we have certain gods that own each sign. So for us, it's the baboon god, Ko'awon, the monkey god, the lord of the monkey mind. So this last full moon, we invoked, we have uh, chants, we have drumming, we have uh, herbs and incenses to invoke the African god down from the sky to us. And we celebrated the laws of the monkey. Next month, the full moon will be in sidereal beetle or uh, cancer which is the great mother to us, Oscar Isis. So each month, we help people to develop their character through the lunar cycle. 
Because the moon makes you very receptive. You're very non-resistant to the teachings of that particular day if you're archetype. The Mercury cycle marks your positive thinking cycle. It tells you what kinds of affirmations you should be doing at this time of the year. The Venus cycle we use as your visualization cycle. What should you be picturing in your life right now? The Mars cycle represents what you should take action in. The Jupiter cycle is where you have to have more faith. The Saturn cycle is what you have to master. It's about a two-year transit through a sign. And we go through each planet to give the initiate an understanding of how to organize their life. Because astrology, as we said before, is about practical living. So if you know how to visualize wealth or health, the Venus transit tell you which angle to approach that imagery from. So if it's in the bull, if Venus is transiting the bull, you should visualize very practical things in your life. If she's in the twins of Gemini, you should visualize being more open-minded and learning more. And so we break the system down that way. And we also do reading. And the way in which I try to present the reading to a client, because astrology is very vast. Once you get into this, you realize, oh my goodness, it's endless. And it's a very complex science, but very beautiful. So we try to make it a little more palatable to people who just want to get an idea of their chart. So we break down a chart according to going to college. So imagine you are a student, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a major, you've got to sign up for a required course, your core courses, you've got to take certain gym courses, and we break your chart down in that context. So we give you your major, which is your destiny reading. And, for example, your Mars in your chart tells me your gym class, where you got to work out this line. Uh, your moon is your joy, your happiness, what makes your heart sing. And we go through each planet in this way. Your Mercury would be your communications class. Venus is your art class with his life. And this way, people are able to take away from the session a real hand-on sense of what each planet means. Instead of me going into all the details of squaring and trying and quincunxing, which is very specific language, very technical mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. They know, I've got to work out, my Mars says I've got to work out in the sign of the fish. I've got to work out spiritually. I've got to work out metaphysically. Or if Sebic, Mercury is, we call it Sebic, Mercury is in Capricorn, I've got to really get information about a career. I've got to really understand the rules of working in a career. That's my communication class. And um, we give what's called a seed fractal. When I was looking at Egyptian astrology over the years, and then I came across what's called complexity theory or chaos theory, and I saw amazing connections between the two. And when I studied complexity theory, or chaos theory, I said it's very African. And the basic premise is that your life is a pattern. You were born into a pattern. And that free will is not trying to leave your pattern, but trying to embrace it. And trying to live your pattern or your myth with your own unique twist. So 
So you're part of a larger theme, which you must, and I underline must, you must give your unique twist of that plot. So once we get your fractal or your major life pattern, we read the chart or your college degree here in connection with that pattern. So my name, for example, Ra, is my fractal pattern. I'm here. My main mission is energy and enlightenment. Now, yeah. I went to some good schools. I had, you know, good education. Mom paid, broke her back to get me to school. Yeah, definitely. And I tried, I tried going to the, you know, the, the route of, you know, get a job, go into the corporate world, and it killed oh, yeah. me. Oh, my goodness. Because it's not my pattern. I mean, that's about as, yeah, and the Columbian universities. Yeah. I mean, you do have, you know, you've, you've really uh, tried hard. Yeah. Yeah. And but it wasn't for me. Yeah. I mean, I finished school, and I tried to get a job, but my pattern is very spiritual. So when I went against my pattern, my life fell apart. Once I embraced my pattern and said, okay, with all of education, I'm going to use it for spiritual development. All of a sudden, my life bloomed like a flower. It was remarkable. Oh, that's so, amazing. That's beautiful, actually. Because I know that a lot of people are really, they feel lost, like they yeah. uh, don't uh, create their own purpose in life and stuff. And yeah. So it, it is uh, wonderful because, I mean, you did have all this amazing college, and then you, um, yeah. And you didn't really use much of it in that sense. My major was Japanese, East Asian Studies. Wow. And, I, you know, I love Japanese. I love the culture and the language, but I haven't really used it. But what it taught me was the value of language mm-hmm. and the value of seeing language. different points. Yeah, points of yeah. view. So what I learned from this was that it's very painful, as you're saying, to go through life not knowing your past. And so what I try to do in this system is to really give a clear foundation of your fractal, of your pattern. And I push the person. I'm kind of tough, actually. I push you strongly in that direction. But sometimes parents and society pressures push us away from who we are. You see, my brother, who's very intellectual, he has a pattern for math. His fractal, his pattern, is very mathematical. He tried going very spiritual. It didn't work. Right. He can well, do somewhat. I would say that, that he may have gotten the stronger, but, but I think that math is a language just as, you Absolutely. know, you, you having the language of, of the... You know, of astrology, that's the same yeah. thing almost. So you guys just have different interests. At then at that Absolutely. point. But I would yeah. say that, you know, his strong point is probably language as well. He just happens yeah. to take it out in the math mathematical arena. Yes, exactly. So it depends on your path. And that's the beauty of astrology. There's no need to struggle and wonder and, and wander. Yeah. And I must say that when I first did the astrology system, um, I received a dream, a vision, when I was about to teach it. This is back... 12 years or so ago, um, I had a dream, and I had a dream that, I, my goodness, I had shot all of my students with a machine gun in New York City 72nd uh, subway. It was horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I woke up, and I said, oh, my God, what was that? So I went down to the oracle. I said, please reveal this dream to me, what it means. The ancestor said, you cannot teach yet. 
because you don't have the math right. You can't interpret a chart with the wrong math because you're ruining a soul. Because when people hear an astrologer, they think you're an oracle. Their subconscious hears you as if you're an oracle prophesizing. And they may not believe you consciously, but their subconscious really believes you. So if you're giving the wrong information, you're misguiding souls, and you get bad karma for this, by shooting their soul. So to go back to my math, and I finally came out with a math that seems to work time and time again, which is the sidereal math structure. Right. So in, in India, in most of Asia, and in Africa, astrology is very serious. You can get a lot of trouble if you're giving people wrong information. So they train you very rigorously. It's not a joke to them. Right. They think our idea of having a newspaper read your chart is, is disgusting. Because how could you read something so um, detailed for so vast a number of people? It's very odd oh, to them. as far as our printouts and everything, the, the yes. tropical printouts. Yeah, yes, I think they're fun, though. I, I I think of them as fun, but I think that they can confuse people. Yes, they can. Because I, I believe that people are not fully activated. You know, you may have really great aspects, but you don't, you're not actually activated within your chart. Yes. You know, so yes. it takes a little bit of work, proaction. You know, it's it's like you're not a confused human, you know. You, you come out of the confusion to be a whole person, and that's when your mind meets your communication skills, meets your actions. And so, therefore, you don't, um, you know, you start activating your life physically, spiritually, and mentally and emotionally. You know, it's, exactly. it's a big, you know, it's, a, it, it's something that has to be worked on. You know, you just don't, you know, poof, magic that. Yeah, yeah. add more and poof, she pet. Yeah, because exactly. we see people every day, you know, and we think that they're walking into great things. Well, they may walking into their great karma. But yeah. the bottom line is is they still have to they're gonna still have to do work. There's gonna be a lot of work involved. You know, yeah. relationships don't come easy. That's right. You know? Health doesn't come that easy. You know, it That's does right. for a while, but you know, come on. We all have to you have to pro be proactive in your life. You have to maintain. Yeah. In fact the the main um perspective that we use for teaching Egyptian astrology is the Giza Plateau, where the Great Pyramid and the things are. And the, the Great Pyramid is really an almanac. It's a giant clock. And it allowed the Egyptians to really mathematically and precisely know when things are going to happen in the sky and to predict meaning from that mathematical phenomenon. Now, the pyramid has three chambers, one going down, one going somewhat little, but a little bit up, and one going steeply upwards. These three chambers correspond to the brain, parts of the brain. They were metaphor. The lower chamber is the reptile complex of the brain, the lower brain stem, where our primitive nature exists. The middle chamber is the midbrain, and the upper chamber is the cortex and the third eye complex. So when you're saying it takes work, that's what the pyramid are reminding people that if you're not careful, you may have a karma in your charge, but if you're not careful, you can take the low-life path of that karma, the lower chamber. And what's interesting is the lowest chamber, if you go all the way down to the end, it goes under the ground, which means, again, kind of low-life, 
it ends in a room that's not finished. The actual end of that gallery is a room that's rough rock, symbolizing that if you take the low-life path, you will end unfinished. The work is not complete. But the other paths require you go against gravity. You've got to go up a steep hill inside the pyramid to enter the upper chambers, which means work. Right, You've got like to sweat. <laughs> You've got to, you know, get up there and, and, and get to it. Right. Just like so life. Keep... Yeah. Absolutely. And people say astrology or spirituality is not work. That's the hardest work of all, actually, until a certain point. Then it becomes very easy. But getting to that point could be quite, quite the sweat job there. But it's the meaning of life, is to lift in consciousness. That's why we're here. And then to share that back with people who have not lifted yet, to come back down and say, okay, I'm going to help you. And that's a lot of work. It's like therapy. You've got to work at it. Right. Yeah. Right, for sure. Yes. Yeah, and so, yeah, the Egyptians, I know that, um, like, at probably one time, don't you think that those chambers were uh, gilded in gold? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they used a lot of gold, and they were very shamanic people. Their religion is very close shamanism, if I were to analyze it, much more than other religious systems. So everything had a meaning. Everything was symbolic or code. Yeah. And the gold was symbolic of eternal consciousness and of purified energy. Gold belongs to the god Ra, who yeah. I guess we can call in the West the Holy Spirit, the Chi, the Kundalini. They called it Ra. And the Egyptians said that your life is basically aimed towards three things. Connecting to your source, knowing who you are, and purifying your energy. So they call the source amenta, which means hidden world, which is possibility land. Who you are is consciousness. They call it the god Amun, the great god Amun, god of consciousness. And the god is Mut, who is your energy. So they said, to be happy in life, you have to connect to your source, which is possibility. You must know that you are consciousness that cannot be destroyed. You can't kill consciousness. You can't limit it. It's everywhere. And you must make your energy golden, which means incorruptible. Gold does not tarnish. Gold does not turn. It is forever gold. Yeah. And that meant, I guess what the Hindus would call good kundalini. Your life force is glowing, radiant like gold and forever eternally beautiful. So when we follow our chart and our karma, we make bad choices. You have a strange transit with, let's say, Pluto, and you have an opportunity there, a window open, where you can transform something. If you don't take the higher pyramid chamber, the higher road, that moment can become the dark side of that planet. So, for example, Pluto would be transformation, shamanism, mystical connection, epiphany, magic, transformation, that's it. If you blow it and you make the wrong choice at that crossroads, it becomes death, depression, becomes bitterness. It's the same deity, the same God, but we didn't handle it right, so we get the negative side of it. 
What happens then is you lose your gold, we say. Your gold dims. Your life has less energy. It's less brilliant. So they were very focused on that gold, keeping your energy always bright, always eternally strong. That was for the moment. I had someone who is a um, Tantra teacher. He teaches Tantra, and we were talking a few years ago, and he told me, to my shock, that he sometimes would use shrooms with his clients. I was appalled. I said, what are you doing? He goes, opens into states of ecstasy. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, you're a spiritual leader for that person. They're trusting you spiritually. And when you have true spirituality, all you need is good character and deep breathing. If you have those two, you will enter altered states of consciousness that will reveal things to you. So when you take those kind of intoxicants, they deform your life force. Your chi becomes warped. We say you lose your goal. Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah. I've never done any, no drugs. Yeah, I just don't believe in that. I I just thought that I was too sensitive for it. And so, yeah, yeah, no, none of that. Oh, it it killed me. Uh, I think she was pregnant too, which made it even more, I couldn't believe my ears. Oh, no. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God. So that was his cockamamie philosophy, and I said, I hope that you learn a lesson that when someone trusts you with their spiritual guidance, you're not hurting them, body, mind, or soul. Right, right. So, I yeah. You so, yeah, you have to be, like, on the higher level of some of that. You it's, really do. Uh, yeah, my psychic ability, and I tell my, my psychic class, you know, I have a psychic class, every Tuesday night for my teenagers, and I tell them the same thing. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a yeah, frog there. But yeah. uh, I tell them the same thing, that um, no drugs. If you want no. your psychic ability to be pure, you have to go for it. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, you need to be taken seriously in life. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. And like you said, do the work. Requ- if yeah. you want to be psychic, do the work required. Yeah, do do the that work. in a healthy, balanced way. It's going to be work. Yeah. And if you do it, it will work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I I think of my life as has always flowed flowed really well, and yeah, yeah, and and people who I teach the techniques of yeah, their life flows so wonderfully and well, and yeah, I yeah, I just know that yeah, just to help people you know overcome yeah, like not get there the too fast way. I don't believe in leaps. I actually feel that everything is a step. I mean, you may step, you know, you may be leaped into, a, you know, your career or a, right. a love relationship just all of a sudden. But, but the bottom line is, is that then you have to step, 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 even when you're within that. Yes. You know, whatever step by your step, exactly. Are. We have the baby. Month by month, the baby comes. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I love um, that, your moon, moon rituals. And so, so you open up these moon rituals for the public, yes. and so they come and... Yes, and, we, uh, um, we what do, do the you do full in moon. The, yeah, what do you do exactly in the full moon? I mean, do yeah. do you sit around in a circle? Is it a bonfire? Is it a indoor? Uh, okay. What, yeah, what do you okay. do? Okay. Uh, basically, we uh, meet in a room, and we it's very African ceremony, very traditionally African protocol. Mm-hmm which means we have to do what's called a purification chant with some drumming, 
mm-hmm. and we cleanse the room of any negative chi or negative bungi. Uh, we call it ashe, and mm-hmm. then we uh, we call the ancestors. We do libations to the ancestors mm-hmm. because we never ever do a ceremony without the ancestors because they're the real reason why we're together. They brought us together. Uh, we then do a invocation of the. We call it a heka. Heka means like a mantra or word of power that we use to invoke the trickster. We have to always call the trickster before we do anything because he's Lord of all doors. I guess you call him Mercury in the West. Mm-hmm. So we, we do a ceremony drumming to him that he may not trick us, that he may open the doors of understanding and enlightenment. And then we invoke the god of the month, the, the lunar deity of the month. And what happens is the lunar deity comes, will possess me, and I will speak for the deity, and the deity will give healings or will give messages or will give insights or warnings to people, and then people get up and dance. Because in Africa, religion is with the, bo- the bodies involved. The body prays with you. It's not just sitting around. It's moving the flesh in harmony with the spirit. And so we tell them to move, and people fall into trance. They spin, they fall, and they get insights, and they commune. It's really astoundingly beautiful. Right. Um, Sounds like a a beautiful event to meet people, too. I mean, just, you know, I find that my moon rituals are very social and beautiful. Yeah, they're very social. Yeah. So um, now you can um, reach Master Ra at EgyptianAstrologyNow.com. And that's Egyptian, E-G-Y-P-T-I-A-N, astrology, A-S-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y, now, N-O-W dot com. And do you have an office phone? Yes, we can give that number out. That would be a 404 Okay, so say that Call again my secretary. for everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. 404 399 6406. Okay. So 404 399 6406. Anybody yes. interested mm-hmm. in a reading? Um, you know, are also to come to the temple or to go to the moon rituals? Yes. Yeah, it sounds really fun. And, and astrology love- classes, you guys teach astrology there too? Yes. Mm-hmm. And probably other and courses as well. You do a lot of courses on initiation and herbs and oils and ritual, a lot of spiritual training techniques, African style. And we have on our email, on our website podcast, we do what's called Starry News Podcast, where I discuss the stars of the moment and try to coach people into the astronomy of astrology. I'm very focused on people learning how to read the sky mathematically and visually. You've got to connect okay, so with your eyeballs. We just tune into the podcast then on your um, website. You you yes. have an actual like it like a, a you know you click like listen now or or tune in now yes. and, and or do you have to set it up that you? No, you just go work? to the website and you hit okay. podcast and you can just log on. Okay, perfect, perfect. Because everybody probably would love to. Come in and see the podcast as well. Yeah, I well, love, I thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. very much, Master Roth, for Thank coming you so on much. And, and talking to all of us and 
And I sure enjoyed it. And so have I. Lot. Thank you. The lovely spirit. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you too. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again, for sure. Yeah. So until our next star rises, I'll see you under starry skies. Yes, yes. I'll send you a beautiful energy for the full moon. Anyway, on the you. East Coast, as the, and I'll be doing the full moon on the West. Thank you. And you you hold us on the West Coast. We got, on the East Coast, together we'll join. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> we really will. Maybe I'll send you an email. Yes. I'll say, okay, I'll be doing it at this Pacific Coast time, you know, and go That'd for it. That'd be fantastic. Okay. That'd be fantastic. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Blessings to everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for sharing your time with Tara Sutphin. Find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams by visiting her website at tarasutphin.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.